Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans Jeff fans are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don and unbelievable. Halloween edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, spooky Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo, yo, what's up? The Majestic Beast. You know him, you love him. The big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, is with us this week. What's going on, everybody? Yeah, I am excited, guys. Halloween's upon us. We're going to have some Halloween fun on this edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast because the Jets themselves, guys, I mean, they're not bringing us any type of joy. We're not getting any type of excitement in our life. You get little, Mike, we had we had a good quarter last week, right? Yeah. That was fun. Me and you were texting each other, and no matter what happens, no matter what goes on this season, no matter what happens with our draft pick and this and that, all real Jet fans that are out there, the real ones, I don't think you can actually root for the team to lose. And I'm not saying if the byproduct of any time you sit down on Sunday and watch a game is a loss, we're going to be as upset as we normally would be. Right, yeah. Mike? Because yeah. if you do take a loss, you go, all right, well, maybe that helps us get the, a better pick. But I can't sit down and root for the Jets to lose. So when I was watching this game this weekend... And we started off with a 10-point lead, and we actually looked competent on offense for a little a little bit there, Mike. Uh, Kenny Loggins, no, Darrell Loggins, <laughs> Darryl Loggins. I'm just going to call him Kenny. Kenny Loggins, we're going to go with for our show. And he was actually calling some good plays, it seemed like, in the first, at least basically the first quarter. The first half as a whole was the most yards we have in the half all season. We're up 10 nothing, Mike. For a brief moment in time, this little spurt of 10 minutes, Mike. We looked good. We looked a little a little explosive with some young players. You saw Perrine get to the edge with some speed. We saw Denzel Mims in his debut, Mike, look good, make some good catches, averaged about 10 yards a catch. I mean, for a while there, Mike, I'm sitting there happy as can be, thinking we're about to put an L on the Bills? Is that about to happen? But... Reality comes crashing down on us, doesn't it, Mike? Was really happy to see Denzel out there. He ended up with four receptions for 42 yards, average reception about 10 and a half yards reception, which is pretty good. Um, there were some positives out of this game because you got to see what the future of of the New York Jets, uh, guys like Denzel Mims, guys like Makai Becton and Michael P. Ryan. Um, I'll say this: he in the first half. Uh, he was able to gain enough respect that the Bills head coach decided to put Tredavious White on him in the second half. And for that, for you, for you to be able to come out after, you know, pulling your, both your hamstrings, never playing a game, come out and beat the Bills defense like that in the first half and have them Give the respect of getting their number one. That's like back in the day, if if Rex Ryan had Revis go ahead and start covering another receiver because that receiver was beating him in the first half. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of yeah. move he did. And that was one of the adjustments that was made that the Jets could not um, you know, counter to. But yeah, Denzel had a pretty good game. Uh, Beckton, outside of a couple of pen penalties, looked great, like he has. But Michael P. Ryan, you know, he only he got forty yards on the day, three three point six per pop, uh, had a T, looked pretty good. Uh, I still think I like the usage between Gore and P. Ryan much better under Loggins than than the way um, Adam Gase was calling it. But 
this team, man, you know, not to get negative Nancy, but this team showed me what they are. Um, they This happened last year, Keith. Remember how they would play good the first half or first drive, and then their offense would look like crap, and we'd be like, "What? Why are they stagnant?" Remember the Bengals. Remember the even even the some of the wins that we had, like against the Dolphins and you know the the Steelers game when he threw a touchdown to to Robbie Anderson, and then they couldn't move the ball. What happens is these coaches are making adjustments, and the Jet coaches do not know how to counter it. They don't. They just don't know how to do it. And this was perfect uh, uh, example of that because they only had four yards in the second half, Keith. Four. Yeah, they had twelve feet. Twelve how? feet of offense in the second half. Nick, have you ever seen? Like, can you explain? Can you talk to me, Keith, and the listeners, and explain to us how? A team in the first half could get 120 yards of offense. The quarterback looked good, going through his progressions, hitting players. The, the off it looked they had three really solid drives. It could have been 17 to nothing, okay, right. if they had executed in the red zone. Okay, I'm just letting you know like what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how good the offense looked. They could have been 17 nothing, okay, and then you go from that to completing just one pass in the second half. Can you explain how that could happen? That comes down to not be- believing in your game plan. I-, I would imagine every week, every coach, including Adam Gaze, has a game plan, you know, counter what the defense for that team that you're playing is going against. And to your credit, to what you said, Mike, like all of a sudden, like why would everything just change in a quarter? That was the yeah. worst half of football I've ever seen. And I'm going to tell you, that that type of display not only speaks to how inept the coaching is, but it is to damning to Sam Darnold. Because yeah. you are a quarterback in this football, in this league. How the hell, how the hell do you complete just one pass? I don't care if you're, if you're throwing to, to a bunch of nobodies. And he did have people he was throwing to. You cannot... Throw one complete one pass in the National Football League under any circumstances, and that goes with the ghost game. That goes with games that I've seen him just, just erratically against the Colts, like just throwing the double coverage. Like the quarterback is has regressed, no question. He is not as good as he was last year, and he's nowhere near as good as he was in those last four games uh, as, as a rookie. And um, I, I hate being the bearer of bad news. I hate saying that, but I, I just think that Sam, uh, unless Sam can find a way to turn it around, and again, we all thought the best thing for that would be to get another person in his year um i I just don't know how we can continue to go forward with this keith because we got to pay him and there is no way in hell you're gonna pay a quarterback that's doing this he's the worst quarterback in the nfl now right now right now i mean last game he had his rating was a 31 two more interceptions for sam no touchdowns he got sacked six times a lot of those sacks i mean a lot of those sacks weren't his fault he didn't have a chance on him but um, for the day, Mike, Sam was 12-23, basically did every single bit of that damage in the first half. In the half. first half, off, and he was great or nine, the first half. Yeah. yeah, but he started off about 8 or 9 or 9 for 10, and then it was just incompletion city. Going to some of the numbers real quick, Mike, like you said, P. Ryan and Gore both had 11 carries. They got 100 yards total, so the running game wasn't too bad if you look at it. Um, Mims, 4 for 42. Nothing else really to mention when it comes to the passing game. On the defensive side of the ball, though, um, Neville Hewitt, 13 tackles. Avery Williamson had a really good game. He had 13 tackles. Quinton Williams, uh, once again, had a big game. Had a sack. Um, had another tackle for a loss. I thought he might. He looked great out there. Another game this year. There's one or two games this year. This being the second one, I really noticed that he, he seemed like he was dominating in certain parts of the game. You, you saw some You saw some reports, Mike, that... Quinn and Williams was someone the Jets might be shopping, and then you saw Samini shoot that down, because that kind of doesn't make any sense, to be honest with you. Someone under a rookie contract, who they drafted that high, 
who seems to be trending upward and finally getting it. Doesn't seem like someone you really look to trade. Doesn't make any sense at all. But let's get into another Jet that looked good, Mike. Another positive, at least, that we can point to was Bryce Huff. A guy that you've been talking about, a guy that you like out of Memphis. I know Greg Williams has been talking about him. He really likes him. He became the first player in Jet history to record one or more sacks, one or more passes defended, and three or more tackles for a loss within their first career, within their first five career games. Um, he had four tackles this week. He had a tackle for a loss in the game uh, versus the Bills. He's someone that seems to be making a difference, and maybe, maybe, Mike, we have a little diamond in the rough here. Yeah, yeah, diamond, diamond in the huff, right? <laughs> rookie leaders, in, rookie leaders in total pressures for 2020. Chase Young has 14. Javon Kinlaw has 11, and then there are three others with eight: Derek Brown, Maitos, and Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff has played tremendously, and I'm really excited about his motor, his ability to get out into the backfield and get after the quarterback. Um, he has shown really good technique for a young man and him and Quinnen Williams look to be part of the future going forward Quinnen I couldn't be more proud of what he has looked like the last two weeks last three weeks um he's starting to live up to that name I mean he was did you you saw that game he was everywhere like that's what I he, he was he everywhere like that that to me is dominance what I saw, you know, 95, stop the run, 95, attacking Josh Allen. Oh, and I, again, we saw Josh Allen scrub Oh, the, the MVP of the league, right? Makes me sick. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that's yeah. another weird part of the game, dude. And we'll get right back to Huff, Mike, but we forgot to mention him just when we went through the game, was that the defense didn't give up a TD. And look, I don't know, have you ever heard of this? They didn't give up a single TD, right? But right. Buffalo, Buffalo also didn't punt once. So they got eight field goal attempts. Buffalo, obviously, you guys know they made wow. six, they missed they missed two of them. That's like isn't that that's a bizarre defensive day? That's the definition, as our boy CJ the Painkiller said while we were watching the Ben Don't Break defense. Um, that's kind of it's very strange, but Mike, they did enough that if the Jets had remotely competent offense in the second half, they could have won that game. Yep, yep, they could have, and they 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 were you know, and that's why I'm hoping. You know, I see the line is 22 or 20 against the Chiefs coming up. And um, a couple of my friends, Navy guys, they were, they're kicking, kicking me while my team is down, poking fun at me, you know, and I, I, that's fine. You know, you want to, you guys want to throw, throw, throw ash on me while I'm down. That's fine. Go ahead and do that. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to cover 22. Uh, I don't really have really great predictions for this game coming up, but all I'm going to say is if Sam thinks that he's going to have a future with this team, he better go toe-to-toe with Mr. Mr. Mahomes. That's true. I mean, and that, that's going to be – I mean, that game is just going to have more than oh. be a massacre. That's just hard to even think about that one, guys. I do yeah. I do know – look, before we even think about the Chiefs game again in the future, one, one other player and one bright spot we have for this year, a good selection by Joe Douglas, was Makai Becton. Now, we know he's been a man-child. We know he's been tossing humans across the field. We know he is just a giant monster out there. But also, separate from that, he seems like a pretty heady guy. He seems like he's keeping the mistakes to a minimum. And he's by far our best offensive lineman, Mike. Oh, yeah. He's he's played five games his whole career. He's not even – the other guys out there, And you know, we thought, Mike, we upgraded the offensive line. And in, in some statistical categories, we have. Don't get me wrong. In, in, there's some areas where we went from last in the league to, to 19th, 20th. Like Mike mentioned a bunch of them last week. The run game especially. But, I mean, you just see when you watch the game. Becton's the best the best guy we have out there on the line. I mean, yeah. it's not even close. He once again had a good – I thought he had a pretty good game this weekend, Mike. He did. He had a really good game. I forgot where he was ranked, but he did really well in pass blocking. And he is our best offensive lineman. And, you know, he's another reason why this narrative around – uh, a quarterback not wanting to come to the Jets um, is just so false because you have a young left tackle who looks to be like he's an elite prospect, potential po- uh, Pro Bowl left tackle, um, and he's only going to get better. Yeah. And uh, you know, and so that's a building block that Joe Douglas found, and I'm I'm excited, man. I so far these rookies, P Ryan, P Ryan's never going to be our bell cow. But P. Ryan is going to be your 
your your second your B to whatever A we get at running back, and I like him in that role, to be honest, and what I've seen, and and um, I like what I've seen out of Mims. Obviously, he's very very small. Um, I like what I've seen out of obviously Braden Man, um, and so. Uh, uh, so when we're looking at these rookies, man, um, so far, if you could get like four or five rookies to hit on, that's a really good record. And, and um, so the, again, everybody wants to kick the Jets that they're down and everything. All we really want is for Adam Gase to get out of here. And then after that, you know, I'm pretty excited about the future here. And if Joe Douglas can get more picks right, just like he did with these first ones, which we've seen so far, again, it's not a guarantee but Becton looks good and uh so does so does uh uh so does Mims and and P Ryan and Ashton Davis has done his done this thing. And you know what so, else Mike with especially with the offensive players like guys like Mims and P Ryan say the rest of the year goes by and me and you are like oh we're not sure about them I'm not even like they still have Adam Gase as their coach. So right. it's like this is, this is someone right. that seems like, for whatever reason, he poisons every offensive player that he's near or touches or even he knows remotely around. Like, um, a guy like Pirine, we should say, when we've seen him get any space at all, he's obviously mm-hmm. the fastest running back we have. He, he looks like he might be okay, but him, Gore, any of these guys, it's just hard to judge, he, for me, the offense because of Gase. You, you know, know and, and you want to know but, another player? You want to know another player? Then I don't know if you'll agree or disagree, but... I think, I still think, and I'm not saying it because of fantasy, I think Chris Herndon is a good tight end. And why I say that, go look at Mike Gusecki's season with Adam Gase as the coach. He was drafted really high. He didn't do anything. You know, and it's for, and then Adam Gase left his first year out, Gusecki's killing it. And I, I just don't think that the offense, I mean, what we saw out of Herndon his rookie year, do you just, are you just not good anymore like that? I, I, I just, I'm way, I want to see. No, that's Gase, Yeah, that's silly. what I'm trying to say. I want Gase gone, and then let's see what he does. Because yeah, I just I don't, don't I, I just don't think that <laughs> somebody could fall off that bad, you know, unless, and. Yeah, but Mike, hold on a second, hold on a second. I'm not disagreeing with you completely. Now, we can't put, we can't apply the magic wand of, like, you say a guy really is just a bum. That could be because he's a bum. It could have nothing to do with that. Right. Gase. And like the balls that Herndon has dropped when he's wide open have nothing to do with Adam Gates. That that is that is absolutely you know the bad but, plays he's made, but, and the mental lapses, all those things. Those have nothing to do with Adam Gates. He only has thirteen catches the whole year. That no, I mean, that, so that that that, that is not uh, that is all facts. What I will say is that if a player is in it more, if if you get a player involved in an offense. And they're constantly involved in getting the ball, and it, they usually have get in a rhythm, you know. And when you aren't throwing the ball to somebody, and then all of a sudden they get the ball, that could lead to, you know, you overthinking or whatever. I again, you're right. I know what you're saying. I want to see him under another coach before we're ready to throw him in the trash bag. That's just my opinion. I look at other players. Uh, that played under Gase, that didn't do good, and then all of a sudden they're superstars. So I just, again, I think we all agree, get the coach out of here yeah. and then figure it out. If we've got to draft another tight end, so be it. We draft another the, tight end. But I think, I don't disagree with you, but the beginning of the year, like, it wasn't like he wasn't involved in the offense at the beginning of the year. It's that he didn't do anything when he was involved. He had seven targets, then four, then five, then three, then three, and the last two games, zero and zero. zero. So he yeah. sputtered out. But I think a lot of that is his own doing. But, I mean, who knows? Well, uh, Herndon's someone they took in the fourth round. I I don't necessarily think he's a lock under any means to be our tight end next year. Um, He'll come in. He'll have to battle. They'll probably bring someone else in just because of his lack of production uh, this year so far. But, guys, we do have a few little sprinkles of bright spots out there. They're not wins. We're not going to win games. We're probably not going to win any. We're not going to win. I don't know, Mike, any game coming up that we're going to feel like we're going to win. But there is some bright spots to look at. There's a few rookies we can look at and be excited about. We have Mims in the mix now, at least. We got Pirine, and this, this was the most carries that all season was last game, so it seems like they're trying to work him into the mix as much as they can. We have Becton out there. We got Huff on the other side of the ball, so we got Quinton to also watch. So that's what you do with a season like this, Mike. We have no wins. We have no prospects for wins. Mike, we have no hope. That's what we have right now. So when you watch the games, 
basically what we got to do as Jet fans is just you watching specific players. You know, you're just seeing how they do, how they do in their matchups, if they're progressing or not. Sam, yeah. of course, being one of those, but Sam seems like, for whatever reason, as you mentioned earlier, he's sputtered or he's just in stasis in the same exact spot, not moving at all. But that's our year so far, uh, you know, and that's it's kind of a bummer. Our year kind of has been a bit of a horror movie. A really bad one. A sports version of one. Mike, non-stop. Mm-hmm. Terror. Rain down upon Jet fans. And speaking of that, we have the spookiest weekend of the year coming up. Halloween, everyone. Yeah. What we're going to get everyone a little dose of right now is the ABG Halloween Bonanza we have coming up. We got trivia. Just try to have a little fun in this year. Bring a little levity to the show because it's been such a bummer. The ABG Halloween Trivia Showdown begins right now. It's a Halloween trivia. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Halloween extravaganza on Ain't Easy Being Green. Mike, would you like to announce real quick to everyone your special guest you have with us in the studio? Absolutely. Uh, my beautiful wife, Tabitha Ligaris, is here with us to uh, enjoy this Halloween episode. Uh, some trivia. Say hi, Tab. Hey, guys. Look at Tabitha coming strong with the sultry. <laughs> Sounds like a Mexican Elvira coming <laughs> Um So strong. Very good. Thank you for joining us. Now, guys, you know Halloween dates back about 2,000 years. Now, this is not a trivia question. I'm just hitting everyone with a little bit of factual information. About 2,000 years ago, back to a harvest season festival in Ireland, of all places. That's where we got the name Jack-O-Lantern, because it was in old Irish folklore. There was this dude who was cursed to Rome the night forever and he rolled around with a burning coal inside a turnip they called him jack of the lantern ended up becoming jack o lantern so they carved these lanterns up carved these uh, pumpkins up put them outside their houses uh, to ward off evil spirits nowadays what we do is go out grab candy under normal circumstances we can't do that this year a little different we're all trying to get through it adapt to the new normal which is 2020 but here in abg we're still going to celebrate halloween try and have some fun do the best that we can and one thing I wanted to ask you guys in the spirit of Halloween, I don't know if you've been watching any scary movies this month at all. I've been on a run because Wifey has been away this week. All right, mm. so I've had a lot more time on my hands than normal. We're running through all the classics, all my favorite horror movies. Me and Wookie talked about this many times. I want to get to him first because Wookie's feeling right. good right now, which I can tell right. you started this segment. Wookie, if you had to name, what's your scariest <laughs> movie you've ever seen or your favorite scary movie either or? Alright, alright, favorite scary movie, and this is going to come off corny off the top, but let me preface it by the situation I and (laughs) Keith were in at the time that this happened. The scariest movie was The Blair Witch, the original. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. wait. (laughs) <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Tabitha. When this, is a rage, this is a PG show, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. When when you saw the Blair Witch, were you on... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I experienced it with a bunch of friends. We were having a great time. And at that time, we didn't have any more access than what the, the story led us to believe. It was hyped up. It, it was this raw footage and... The one scene that will always stick to me, and now that I know how it happened, when they were walking uh, for almost hours, I mean, multiple hours in one direction, and they came back at the same tree. That thing, I got stuck on that as an adult for a while. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, a mean, well, that was a well-done movie. That was well-directed. You felt very ominous the whole time. And then when you feel that sense of dread, and they ended up back in the same spot, oh, ugh, I mean, that's, that's disheartening. Yeah. Now, Mike, sure. let's get to you and Tabitha, because Tabitha obviously talks a good game. She's already insulting Wookiee right when he said his movie. What's the scariest movie you ever seen, Tabitha? What do you got for us? Okay, I have to I have to say why I'm insulting Wookiee, because, and this might just be my... You don't point. have to say why, it's fine. Because <laughs> the whole movie, I felt like throwing up. Like, the camera was everywhere. I can't handle, like, it was, like, I'm, like, cold still. Okay, so my scariest movie originally is The Exorcist. The very first one, 
the old one, um, not the remake. Um, as a child, seeing that was horrifying. <gasps> the second one is The Ring. The Ring was the Ring was good. That was the scary. Ring was good. I mean, it's scary. Obviously, it's very scary. Oh That's oh, why I like scary. those. Those are my top two. The ring sure. is when that girl climbed out of the TV set, right? Yes. yes. Out, of the, out of the whale. Out of the whale. Oh, my God. Whale. No, forget no. that. I I did one on my sister one time. We, were, oh. we had just come out. I came out of the shower. And, I mean, you know I have extremely long hair. At the time, it was even longer. And I was soaking wet. And I was just... <laughs> and I, I, I opened the door really slowly. And we had a hallway, a really long hallway. And she was at the end of it her room and I came out crawling on the floor with my hair that way she screamed bloody murder and like started crying and my mom was like get paso what happened oh my god and I got up I couldn't stop laughing my mom was like Tarita! she like totally whooped my butt but my sister had nightmares all night that was, it was epic <laughs> I would never trust wow. you again as a sibling <laughs> Oh, what a what a little devilish spirit you have! Who knew? Yeah. Who knew Tabitha was down there torturing her poor sister, scaring her half to death? Oh, Michael, I always scare him all the time. So, <laughs> Mike, uh, what do you got? My well, my the scariest movie ever for me is definitely The Exorcist, the old one. Not even close. That was really and yeah. the Blair Witch did scare me too, Wookie. I didn't go near a tree for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'll tell you, my favorite scary movie of all time, and it is. Without question, my favorite scary movie of all time is the original Alien. There's nothing better than that. I don't... When you land on LB-426, when you land on LB-426 and you hear the... (laughs) And and, and, and it's all, you know what I'm saying? Do just... I mean, and just see it. Like, imagine watching it for the first time. And you don't even know anything about the movie. You know what I'm saying? Just watch it like that. Cat just rolls in... Some crashed up ship, like yeah. What's this? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then like, oh, what's down God. there? Oh, they look like leathery yeah. eggs or something. Things just jumped <laughs> out. What? And then they got they pull the mask off. They just, and then it, and then he's eating food. And then it just rips out of his stomach, son. Oh, son. That is oh my God. That's, that's absolutely legendary movie. And that that does fall and into then, the horror movie uh, classic. And, and my favorite scene of the whole movie. This is my favorite scene. It is one of the best, well-done scenes, any scene in any movie ever. When dude walks up in, the, the and he's looking for the kitty. He goes, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty. kitty. Oh, shit. Cat's chilling. <laughs> and he looks, he's like, here, Mimsy, come here. And then the cat goes. And then you hear the heartbeat. The and dude's just chilling in the chains. Just comes down. Whoa. Come on. Yeah, those are, those are all good ones. You know which one? One movie when I was growing up that just made me feel super uncomfortable after I watched it, even though it wasn't, I guess it was a horror movie. It was more just a movie that was scary as hell. It was Silence of the Lambs. When I saw it, when, I, when you're 10 years old and you watch that, you're like, oh my God. That like, Buffalo Bill and all those creepy people in there, I'm like, this made me feel some kind of way when I was little. And the same thing when I was younger, because when I was younger, I was raised, I was raised uh, Catholic. So when I saw The Exorcist and my dad told me, this is based on a true story, this is what happens if you don't go to church. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. Are you really serious? I was at church every Sunday. I was like, yo, what do I have to do to make sure that does not happen to me? Another movie when I was younger that scared me just because it was hard. It was like someone I felt like you couldn't defeat was Freddy because he would get up in your dreams. And, and you know, when I was younger, I loved um, I loved Michael Myers in Friday the 13th. That's why we got Crystal Lake Studios here. All those guys are good. But Freddy was like supernatural and he was in your dreams. So you'd be a little kid going to sleep and I'm like damn what can I do and you know how sometimes in your dreams you want to do something and you can't do it you're trying to run you're trying to throw a punch you're trying to do something and you can't do it and then you're I was like damn Freddy has me vulnerable in my dreams when I was younger I'm not trying to go to sleep Jason I was like I could run from him I felt like I could get away from him I had lunch table conversations in fifth grade with, with, with my friends like listen if we do this and that do you think he could get us (laughs) <laughs> like, this is discussion as a fifth grader. I'm like, I can't be dying in my... I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. 10. 
Nick, okay. my wife, my wife was going under for surgery, and they didn't want. She didn't want to go down because she was so, afraid of Freddie. Yeah. So this is that's one of my stories. So as a kid, I broke my wrist. I broke my arm. You were a child. That makes sense. I was sense. a child, and I remember <laughs> them trying to give me anesthesia, and I was so scared because I knew what it was. I knew they were gonna put me to sleep, and I was like, no, 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 and, and I was. Screaming, and the lady's like, "Man, sweetheart, you have to hold your arm. So you have to hold your arm." So I was like, "No!" And I remember ripping it from her, and it was, it was this nurse, and she was heavy set, and she like literally got on top of me to hold me down to put in the anesthesia. And all I remember, the last thing I remember was, "Oh no, Freddie's gonna get me! Freddie's gonna get me!" No, yeah, and no. it was so horrible. But going back to your exorcism thing. This is why it even scared me more, and this is no joke, this is real life, and I'm not making this stuff up. My mom was possessed as a child. Like, Ooh. that's well, now we Now we're getting yes. some. Now yes. we're getting some. Words. No joke, I'm not making this up, I swear to you. As a child, she was possessed, and they had just started going to church. And the house that they lived in, they found out later that um, there was a bunch of either buried cats, buried, like a bunch of buried living things underneath it at one point um but she was possessed and the only reason we knew that for a fact it wasn't like she was sick or something was because she was spitting scripture she was at the time maybe like eight or between eight and ten and they had not gone to church they, so but she knew scripture and then when the priest would come in like she would spit scripture to the priest and the priest was would they would have arguments back and forth. When my mom actually came out of it and they exercised her, she didn't remember anything. Like, nothing at all. Like, Yo, you know what, she, she, swears, she swears that this is true. You know, I talked to her. She says this happened, and so does her family. I'm you know what's go. crazy, Mike, is that most people say their mother-in-law is the devil, but yours actually is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that worked out. Funny how that one worked out. And that story, that story is... <laughs> you already had life. You already life. Check that box off. You're a winner. Yo, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's what I was... I mean, I was going to ask you guys, what's the creepiest, maybe scariest thing that's ever happened to you that you know of? But I mean, for Tabitha, I don't know if you can go deeper than that. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my whole life from anyone. Have you ever had... Any of you guys ever had, uh, you know, a supernatural experience? Or what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you guys? I I never had a supernatural experience, honestly, um, except for when I tried to take a taco away from my wife. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, but my parents, um, so I have uh, a great aunt, and her name was Aunt Mel, and she lived in West Virginia, and my parents, when they were engaged, went to visit her before I was born. And she was someone who did, dev, um, you know, Ouija boards and things like that. And my dad and mom told me this story and they, my parents don't lie to me. Okay. And so this is the scariest thing that I've ever heard. Um, and I believe it because my parents don't lie to me. They said they went to Aunt Mel's house and they were eating breakfast when they got there and something moved around in the attic or they heard something and my mom was like, what is that? And then she says, don't, uh, Aunt Mel says, oh, don't worry about that. That's just the little people. And my dad was like, yo, what? That's what my dad was like, what are you? And so anyway, um, long story short, that night they slept in separate rooms because they weren't married yet. And that was just tradition and respect or whatever. And so my dad said that he was in his bed and, and that he felt like his feet getting really cold. And then he felt um, something like almost grabbed his ankle and he like pulled back. And got up and I was like, what the? And right when that happened, my mom's bed was picked up and dropped and woke my mom up. And they both just got together and got in a car and left. Yeah. This is my wow. parents. Wow. So at that point, I'm teasing not, I'm not, this is, I ain't lying to y'all. Like, this is, nope. my dad will tell you this happened. Okay? That's crazy. So, yeah, man. Don't mess with, honestly, look. Whether you want to believe in God or demons or whatever, yo, don't mess with Ouija boards, dude. Just don't mess nope. with them. Yes, yeah, like, don't mess. Why? Why like tempt? You know, people who go out and they tempt those things for like a thrill or whatever the case may be. Now, I'm like, uh, I know. There's, people, there's a whole spectrum of people, right? There's people that are all the way at one end and they're totally out of their minds. Then there's people at the other end that don't believe in any of that, right? I'm someone that probably falls more towards the middle, but at the same token. 
I since I don't know what I don't know, I'm not trying to tempt a ghost. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like. So I got a story I'm going to tell you guys. I've never really All right, yo, go ahead. Go ahead. This is a little wild, but um, when I was younger, before I moved up here, me and my sister and my fam moved up here when we were like 11. I lived down in New Rochelle. We lived in a, a little building uh, set up called Harbor House. Um, you know, there's like 10 or, 10 or 12 different buildings together. We go trick-or-treating throughout there. And one year, this is the year before we moved here, I go out with my sister, a couple friends, and my friend Gary. My friend Gary Walker was with us. He lived the floor above us. We go out. We go trick-or-treating. We do our thing in the random buildings. We come back to the house. You know, we kind of seemed out of it the whole time. We didn't say much. We got back to the building. Um, we're all walking up different floors. He kind of disappeared and stuff. I'm like, I wonder what's going on with him and stuff, you know? Go into my house, and my mom's like, how was everything? And I'm like, good. You know, we, 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 you know, we went here. We went there. She was like, who are you with? And I said, um, I was with Kristen and this guy and that guy and Gary Walker. And she said, Keith, what are you talking about? Gary. I was like, what do you mean? My mom said, Keith, he couldn't have been with Gary. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, Keith, him and his family had been murdered two days before Halloween. What? Get the fuck out of here. So it totally made that up. But look, (laughs) half of the stories of Mike's were so good. That I had to come up with Yo, you got me with that. That's going so good. Got me hard, son. I was like, ah, if you would have seen Michael's face, like he was like bent down, uh, elbows on knees, like really concentrating on the floor, and he was, and then you said, and then he, he died two days ago. His head came up so slow, <laughs> like. What? Oh! Um, look, the mic came so strong that I was like, I'm about to just blow minds right now. <laughs> it's closest I have ever come to having any kind of extra uh, terrestrial or ghostly experience. Was, and it's been explained since. When I was younger, like, I'm talking like, not like real young, like in my 20s, like in college. Um,. I would have these, like, I would fall asleep, and all of a sudden, like, my brain would be awake before my body would. That's the best way I could explain it. Exactly, exactly. And I didn't find out until, like, five or six years after that what it was called when I actually did some research. My mind's up, and weird shit is happening in my mind, but my body's still asleep. That is scary. that's yeah. scary I shit, dude. Throw yeah. my arms, like, yeah, like it's still, oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, you guys, now you guys ready for this trivia battle or what? Yeah, let's do it. We got All ten right. questions. I got ten questions here, and I got one bonus question if it's needed. Okay, which I'm, I don't know if it will be or not. Now, what I'm gonna do here is uh, some of these questions are multiple choice. Some of them are just got to give me an answer. We're gonna go prices right. Whoever gets the closest will get the answer correct. And uh, then we have one true or false in the mix here. Easy peasy. Ten questions. Fun questions here. All right. We can't have Dilly Dally. I can't have Mike and Tab at the back there looking at phones, trying to cheat. Right? (laughs) I can't have... And so these questions, some of these are kind of random too, so it'll be hard to look them up anyway. Okay. You know what I mean, guys? So like we said, we started... We told you everybody when Halloween started 2,000 years ago, a long time ago. Uh, The tradition of Halloween got brought over with European settlers in the 1840s when they came over to America. Irish people in particular. Now, guys... What I want to know is, what decade, and we're going to start off with Michael Lagaris. What decade did the American tradition of trick-or-treating begin, Michael? Okay, I would say maybe in the, four, in the 40s, uh, or maybe 50s, 50s. Okay, what do you, all right, Michael says the, the, the 50s. We're going to yeah. go with the 50s. Uh, Tabitha, what do you think? No, I'm going to go even further back. I'm going to probably go like the 20s. Okay, Wookie, what are you feeling? I'll go with the uh, the 10s to the teens, just to be that guy. <laughs> okay, the correct answer would be the 1920s. Oh, yeah. Half of the hit it right nice. on the head, guys. Okay. They were, they were in the pandemic. No, there wasn't. It was right before the depression, right after the pandemic. So they wanted <laughs> treats. I get it. Yeah, All the right. American tradition of trick or treating dates back to the 1920s, but in Europe, as early as the 16th century, people were known to go from door to door on Halloween night asking for food, reciting verses, wearing costumes, and warning of curses that were to come. Question number two, guys. 
Right now, Tabitha up 1-0 on you, boys. Yep. We're going to start off with Tabitha right here. Now, this is going to be multiple choice. Everyone's going to give one answer. I'll, t- I'll say who's right at the end. In which state is it illegal to dress as a nun or a priest for Halloween? And yes, this is a real thing, guys. Is it A, Alabama, B, Louisiana, C, Georgia, or D, Montana? It's in... <laughs> okay, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Georgia. Okay. Mike, what do you think? Montana. Okay. Wookie? I'll go with Montana. Actually is the state of Alabama. Alabama? According to law 13A-144, it's called the fraudulently pretending to be a clergyman law. Whoever, being in a public place, fraudulently pretends by garb, or arrayed to be a minister of religion, a nun, or a priest, or a rabbi, huh. shall be punished by a fine of $500. Can you believe that? It's still a law on the books, guys. Question wow. number... Crazy, crazy. Question number three. This will be a fun one. Everyone's just going to give one answer. This is not multiple choice. We'll start off with the Wookie here. How many flavors of M&Ms are in a normal bag, Wookie? Well, <laughs> oh, just say number. I'm going to go with five. I'm going to go with five. Right, what do you I think, Mike? I'm going to go with five, too, but I'm going to go with six. My answer is one. They're all the same flavor. You said flavor or color? Flavor, it actually is color. That's what, that's how that's how that should oh, be interpreted. Oh. So they got it right, Mike. And Wookie and Tara, they were both spot on there. Wookie, there was five, fla- uh, five flavors or colors for a whole life. <laughs> Until 1994 when they added the blue in. So the correct what? answer yeah, would be six. Six. Yeah, Woo! Okay. All right. In 1995, consumers were asked to vote on what color they wanted to replace the tan M&M, and Blue won that one. Introduced okay. the same year, guys. Tab of the Right Now has got two correct answers. Now, more than one person can get one correct, guys, as we know. But right, just, right. you guys have gotten one except Tab that she's on a roll. <laughs> Number four here, guys. This is going to be multiple choice. I will read the answers out to you when I'm done with the question. We will start with Mike. What was Bram Stoker's original name for Dracula? Was it Count Voldemir? Count Michael, Count Vampire, or Count Chocula? Count Chocula. <laughs> no! Serial, <laughs> oh. Mike! Alright, first, I, I just know of Count Chocula. I don't know <laughs> any of the other ones. Serial! What? Tabitha, what do you think? What was the first one? Uh, Count, there's Count Voldemir, Count Michael, Count Vampire, and Count Chocula. It was, count, it was the first one. Count okay. What do you think, Wook? The first one. Now, that does sound great, and that's why I made that name up off the top of my head. Because the actual answer, which makes no sense, the German word, is Count Wampire. Which, I know it doesn't yeah. sound right, guys. That sounds like you made what? that up. I know, it does sound like the German word for vampire is vampire. Um, Bram Stoker's oh. changed the name after seeing um, the name Dracula in a book he borrowed from the library. Thank God. Because that would have been a whole different story if it was it was Count Vampire, and that would have been horrible. But I do appreciate that Mike won Count Chocula. That's why I slipped that one in. And that's the only other one I know. Okay, I love Count Chocula. <laughs> Here's another multiple choice. We'll go ahead and start with you, Mike. What ghost did Winston Churchill see when he stayed over the White House? Was it George Washington? Was it George Jefferson? Was it Aaron Burr? Or D, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, oh, um, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, it was George Jefferson. What was oh, his name? Oh, oh, George Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, then I would say. Answer. Okay, I, 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 I would say George Washington then. Okay. What do you think, Tab? Lincoln. Okay. What do you think, Wookie? Aaron Burr, Washington, George Jefferson, or Lincoln? The entire time. I'm going with Tabitha Lincoln. <laughs> uh, you know what? That would be another correct answer for Tabitha. She nailed that one. Abraham Lincoln's ghost has haunted many people in the White House, Winston Churchill in particular. He was startled one time to see Lincoln standing by the fireplace after he took a shower. He took a puff of his cigar and a sip of his drink and wished him a good night and went to bed. Winston Churchill is much more gangster than most people who would have ran out of that house screaming like crazy. Yeah. Well, he got one right. Tabitha got one right. I think that, hold on. Is that four for Tabitha? Three, three to Tabitha. one. Three, three to one. zero here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Tabitha's in the lead, guys. We got another multiple choice here. This is a super creepy one, something we spoke about today, guys. 
How many people associated with the Exorcist movie, the original Exorcist movie that we spoke about, how many people associated with it died during production of the movie? And I'm going to give you multiple choice. A, nine people. B, 12 people. C, three people. Or D, six people. What do you think, Wookie? I'm going to go with three. Three? Okay. What do you think, Mike? Nine. Okay. What do you think, Tap? I say nine, and he only said that because I said nine. Because <laughs> I was like, I think oh, it's Look nine. at that, jumping on board. <laughs> and that nine actually is the correct answer. No, I remember that. Because, yeah, nine, is the, because nine is the number of the devil. Yep. And, um, and it's just crazy. Like, that's why I said that movie yeah. is crazy. Yo, when you read about The Exorcist, it's crazy, man. Mike, like, all the stuff. After the film's production... Nine people associated with its making had passed away, including Jack McGowan, who played Burke Dennings in the movie. Linda Blair's grandfather passed away. A night watchman on the set passed away. And a special effects actor passed away. So, let's go number seven here, guys. Uh, question number seven. Now, Tabitha has four right. Mike has one. Wookie has one as well. And uh, here we go. Question number seven. You got to make a comeback, Michael, or else Tabitha's going to run away with the first ever Halloween, ABG Halloween Trivia Championship. <laughs> Where does Friday the 13th take place Tabitha where does it take place yep there's a specific place I well, can't remember it I well, if you get this one somethingville somethingville <laughs> alright no no that's you're thinking of Halloween and that is that's uh that's a Michael Myers that's Michael Myers and that's Haddonfield which I do oh, know what you're talking about okay. this is Friday the 13th this is Jason there's a very specific place these movies oh. took place there's a chance Michael do you know the answer to this or no with the white no, mask right I have no I'm idea. what about you Wookie? Michael Myers that would be uh, Camp Crystal Lake. Yes! Oh, oh Crystal bad. Lake Studios. Michael, yeah. it's Crystal Lake Studios. He Wookie said that, too. You said it, too. He said it, too. I know. I tried to give you guys a little hint there. Um, Wookie nails it. Good job, Wookie. Now you got two correct answers, Wook. Very, very Ooh. good. Tab of that four. Mike has one. Um, three left. Tremendous job now. Here's, here's a really good one. This is going to be a Price is Right style one, guys. How many pounds of candy corn are produced... In the United States every year. Now, guys, it's in the millions, and the answer is between 1 and 60 million. So how many pounds of candy corn between 1 million and 60 million do you think is produced every year in this country? Why don't you start, Mike? 45. Okay. What do you think, Wookie? 25? 25 million pounds every year? Okay. What do you think, Tab? I'm going to say more like... Um... 56. The correct answer is the person who goes under but doesn't go over, and that would be... Who said 25? Wookie? Wookie. Yes. Wookie, the answer is 35 million pounds. Jeez. 35 million pounds, guys, which amounts to 9 billion pieces of candy corn is produced wow. in this country every single year, if you could believe that. Wookie, really you have made... A mini comeback here. It's 4-3 with two questions left, bro. Mike, <laughs> I want to ask you guys this. Now, we just mentioned it a moment ago because Tabitha knew where Michael Myers was from, or she almost knew where Michael Myers was from. Here's a true or false question for you guys. The setting for the movie Halloween, as we mentioned, was Haddonfield, Illinois. Is Haddonfield, Illinois a fictional place or an actual town? True or false? Why don't you start, Tabitha? True. Okay, what do you think, Mike? False? What do you think? What? Oh, my God. I'm going to say false. Oh, my goodness. We have a tie going into the last question. It's false. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Haddonfield, Haddonfield is a real place in New Jersey where the writer Deborah Hill is from. We have a tie here. 4-4 four, four going into the last question. I might have to get some bonus questions out here, guys. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. Okay, so, guys, number 10. We're tied 4-4. Four, four. The drama. The drama is just pulsing. <laughs> Cut the tension with a knife for Halloween trivia here. Here's the question, guys. Multiple choice. And, Wookie, we'll go with you first here. What is the top-selling Halloween candy for the past 10 years? I'm going to give you four choices here, Wookie. Is it A, Reese's Pieces, B, a Snickers, C, M&M's, or D, Skittles? I'm going to go with Reese's. Okay. What do you think, Michael? M&M's. Okay. What do you think, Tab? Say them one more time because I was yep. about to, I was gonna go to with Wookie too. I was gonna say Reese's, but what's the other ones? It's A Reese's Pieces, B Snickers, C M and M's, or D Skittles. No, I'm gonna go with Reese's. Guys, 
guess what? We're going to have to go to bonus round because the answer is actually Skittles. Which oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone got it wrong. Guess what? When I did the Halloween trivia quiz today, I got it wrong as well. I thought it would be Reese's Pieces because Reese's yeah. Pieces seems like everyone's favorite candy. Not even of course. Was an E.T. Yeah, e. but just, I guess. they were putting the Reese's yeah. Pieces out, like, I All right, we're going to go to a bonus hard. question here. Uh, let's see what we got here. I'm going to go ahead and go with another Halloween question. We'll go ahead and go with Mike uh, first. Actually, I guess the bonus round could just be between Tab. M- Mike, you can still answer for fun if you'd like. <laughs> They're going for the title. They're going for the championship belt, but still be involved. Um, we'll start off with Tab of the Year. Name the actor whose mask Michael Myers was wearing in the Halloween movies. A 70s actor on a famous 70s show. What's his name? You got me. I am horrible with his name. That's okay. Wookie, do you know it? Shatner. It is William Shatner! Oh my God. <laughs> no. Wookie! Really? Got it. William Shatner is he his was, yeah. place? If you look it up, it's William Shatner mask they use for the Halloween mask. Uh, that's a deep, deep cut. And that's one I did not think anyone was going to get. So um, that's a... That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. That one, that one proves some real knowledge. And Wookie, you're the first ever... Ain't easy being green. Halloween trivia champion. How do you feel? I feel fantastic. That that <laughs> little piece of n- non-important knowledge stuck in my brain. You made a comeback. You made a comeback because I was the quarantine trivia champ. So you're the Halloween, oh, you and know, now now we actually yeah, yeah, you guys got one title. And Wookie held it down now during the Halloween trivia, which is tremendous. Now maybe maybe when it gets too closer towards Christmas time, we'll bust out some Christmas trivia. Who the hell knows? What <laughs> Alright, so, Wookie, you're gonna walk into Halloween this year, 2020, as the champion. I know it feels great. I know it feels tremendous. Wookie, thank you for everyone participating. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun for me as well. Michael, if anyone does want to support us, get at us, or contact us in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at jet dot AEBG. And Keith, could uh, my my wife give a shout out to her, her little, her platform? Oh, got? please shout it out. Okay, for all the ladies right now, it will be coming for the men as well. I have a ton of beautiful clothes, athleisure wear to going out clothes, to just everyday chilling wear at TAB. B-S-S-A-V-V-I dot com. That's tabsavvy dot com. Hit me up and I can give $25 coupon if you're interested. Message me on Instagram and Facebook at tabsavvy. Thank you. Normally I say you heard the man, but this time you heard the woman. Lay down the facts right there for you. Get at Tabitha on all her platforms as well. Michael did a great job. Wookie, as always, you're a champion. So on behalf of the biggest Jeffin in the state of Texas and his lovely wife, Tabitha, and the big stinking Wookie, Nicholas Cronk, my name is Keith Farrell. Thank everybody for listening. We'll get at you next week. Peace out. from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster match from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast the ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests in. Dracula and his son.